Nemicis Nostri, Sibra Nostris Nostri, Nomini Patris et Filia, Spiritus Sancti, Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, and my Guardian Angel, and proceed. to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, becoming as human beings are, and being in every way like a human being, he was humbler yet, even to accepting death, death on a cross. In our prayer this morning, we could focus on the words, he emptied himself. A rather expressive term. Emptiness is something very clear. The bottle is empty, means there's nothing left. It's not half full or quarter full, or there's a little bit left in it, it's empty. The cash box is empty, very clear and graphic. There's nothing in it, the tube is empty. <coughs> And so we're, Christ, we're told Christ did just, just pour out a little bit of himself. But he emptied himself. And we're called to follow his example. To empty ourselves of ourselves. To empty ourselves of that greatest obstacle to our holiness, which is our self-love. The love of me selfishness, egoism, ultimately pride. He must increase, I must decrease. And so there's no limit <coughs> to that self-emptying. And so our Lord invites us to examine our conscience, to look interiorly, deeply, to see is there something there deep inside that I need to empty myself of, or that I have not poured out or got rid of. Learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. There may be many things that we have tried to empty ourselves of over the course of time. <coughs> the fact that we're here is a sign that we do practice the virtue of humility. We're trying to conquer our pride. But yet there may be vast areas that are still there that we have not yet discovered. Domini ad vidiam. That I'm not so aware of. And possibly our Lord wants to open my eyes to that reality little by little and do something about it. Because he wants me to be better. He wants me to improve. He wants me ultimately to be a saint. For everyone who raises himself up will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be raised up. And there may be certain little telltale signs that there is something there deep down that our Lord wants us to do something about. <clears throat> one of those things could be rigidity. 
very rigid about certain ideas or opinions or ways of doing things, or my reactions or my likes and dislikes. There can be subtle little symptoms that I haven't really given myself completely, or that I need to give myself a little more. Because God wants to use my self-giving to bring enormous apostolic fruits all over the world. And that's why the apostolic fruitfulness of all the things we do, all the corporate apostolic works, <coughs> ultimately depend on our sanctity. God doesn't invite us to climb Mount Everest or Mount Kenya or Mount Kilimanjaro, but he does invite us to delve deep down into the inner recesses of our soul to make it more Christ-like. So as to bring fruits that we never even dreamt of. I went to visit a 95-year-old priest in a hospice in Teguio recently. I had heard about him. He's an Irish priest who came here in 1952. <coughs> was the first priest to go to, I think it's called Otumu, Moko, some area like that. Amazing stories. Helped to start the first mission in Turkana to uh, negotiate with the district, the British district commissioner. Had a lot of problems. Full of stories, 95 years of age. But that wasn't the interest well very interesting we hope to record him and tape him soon but on my way out <coughs> i happened to meet the sister in charge this is a i think this place is the first hospice in kenya beautiful <coughs> surroundings beautiful settings but a small little uh, place but full of potential and spotlessly clean and impressive and uh, the young man in charge met me on the way out and we were talking and Oh, you're a priest of Opus Dei, and, and how is Father Alphonse? Hmm? And so out of the blue, here in the middle of nowhere, uh, this uh, lady asked me about Father Alphonse. So I said, well, he's not too well at the moment, but how do you know Father Alphonse? Oh, I used to attend the Recollections in Eldred. <laughs> Two of my best friends are in Opus Dei. Hmm? So amazing. Hmm? Daughter of charity, she runs the, uh, the place, and then you find that she used to attend the activities in Eldorat. Well, I'm sure uh, from all the decades that have been activities have been taking place in Eldorat, nobody imagined that this lady now running the first hospice in Kenya could have been in contact in, in that particular way at that particular time. And so we never know the fruits of all the things that we're running and what that brings over time. But our Father does bring us back to our own personal struggle to be better. The basis for that apostolic fruitfulness. And so all the time, God invites us to conquer ourselves. You've probably heard the story of how our Father one time was obviously making some decision with Don Alvaro, as they probably had to do many times, and our father suggested one thing and Alvaro suggested a different thing. But our father wanted to do what he thought was the right thing. But then Alvaro was very much against it. And so we were told that our father went to the oratory and he spoke to our Lord in the tabernacle saying, Lord, Alvaro is right. 
Alan Hunnell is right. So this little anecdote talks about how he saw very clearly that Alvaro's solution was much better than his, but he wanted his solution. And so he was praying for the grace to see and to put his will behind what Don Alvaro was suggesting. Alvaro is right. Alvaro is right. I am wrong. Great interior battle. <coughs> Alvaro has the better solution. It was like an expression of our father's desire to conquer that self that was there within him. And we have to try and follow his example. Alvaro talked about standing on our own self-love, stamping it out. And we know it's always there. I was very impressed in another country, an 85-year-old lady told me how, well, she had been realized she'd been thinking about herself and worried about herself and anxious about herself. And I have to stop all this nonsense, she said, you know, I have to forget about myself. It's rather impressive to hear the, the bellicose words that she was using against herself. You know? It's a never-ending battle. But on that battle lies the, hopefully, the victory of our, of our humility. St. Paul says we have to put on the new person, put off the old person. And so that old self that's there all the time, we have to see it, bring it out into the daylight, discover the enemy, see the enemy, unless you know who the enemy is and what the enemy is, you can't fight against it. You call me master and lord and you say, well, for so I am. If then I being your lord and master who washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that as I have done to you, so you do also. Our Lord gives us example in many areas, in many ways. Examples of emptying himself, of forgetting about himself, of serving, of conquering himself. And so there possibly are opportunities that our Lord brings our way for us to respond with generosity to the divine graces that he places in our way to, to grow, to be better, when we're not appreciated. And maybe we meet with rejection. Our ideas, our opinions, our ways of doing things. Or when we're corrected. Litmus test of how attached we are to self. When we're corrected, we're shown a better way of doing things. Lord, help me to accept with humility, with docility, whatever it is you tell me. Even if I don't like it, even if I think it's wrong, help me to watch that self-reaction that may be there, thinking this is too much. If we get thoughts like that, well, that's our pride speaking. Now, this person is wrong, or I can't be spoken to in this way. Excessive sensitivity can be a sign of that deep love of self person spoke like this, they used those words, they used that tone. Well, look at the message of what's behind it. 
without any judgments or criticisms. Otherwise, we might be in a situation where well, nobody can say anything to us. We're so full of self-love and sensitivity that we, nobody can say anything. The very opposite of what our Father wanted, what our Lord wants, to be like clay in the hands of the potter. And if that person says something to us in that way or in that tone, well, what's my reaction? Do I have a sort of a grudge? I don't want to talk to that person anymore. I don't want to listen to them. I don't want to live with them. I don't want to work with them. Well, we can maneuver ourselves into an impossible situation. And ultimately, that's the devil. Working through our self-love, his gracious instrument. And so, Lord, help me to see it, to recognize it, to conquer it, to fight it, to declare war on it. If I feel on some occasion that I've received some sort of a blow, well, our Lord invites us to take the blows, like our Father took the blows. There's a great phrase in Scripture that can be very helpful if ever we feel we've received a bit of a blow, and that is that we receive less blows than we deserve. Sometimes our pride and our self-love receives a, a huge blow. Somebody fell down the stairs once and somebody asked them, oh, did you hurt yourself? They said, only my pride. <laughs> it was a very interesting little reaction. Only my pride. No? My legs and my arms are in good state, but my pride is in pieces. No? Sometimes the <clears throat> thing we hurt most is our pride. No? Oh, that's very painful, very sore. No? Take me a couple of weeks to recover. No? When we hurt our pride, oh, it's very difficult. No? But then it's good to remember, well, I receive less blows than I deserve. All the times I got away with murder, all my sins, all my negligences, all my lacks of effort. And so Lord, help me to open my eyes to see. Help me not to say to you that, yes, I want to serve you, but with the Declaration of Independence. To do things the way I want. To be spoken to the way I want to be spoken to. To be told the things that I want to be told. And don't tell me things in this way or that way or the other way because I, I don't want to hear them. No, I put up a wall around myself. God resists the proud. But he gives his grace to the humble. And so when we go to the chest, and sometimes we are told deeper things that cost us, that invite us to a deeper change, we have to try and be open to those realities. Even at the 11th hour. Because so many great things may depend on that. Some soul somewhere is coming in contact with some apostolic activity will see something clearer along the pathway of their vocation, make the world a better place because of that little battle that I have waged with my own self-love. Whoever loses his life will save it. In all truth, I tell you, unless the grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains a single grain. But if it dies, it yields a rich harvest. 
And so we've come to die, to die to ourselves. And to be like little children. I know how to bounce around the place, bounce out of bed at every new day, hit the day with a bang. Indeed, all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And so with this virtue, we decomplicate ourselves. Keep things simple, clear. Very wonderful. Telltale signs that there's some deep self-love there is if we're easy to annoy, if we have a fast temper, which is fast pride, lack of rectitude of intention. St. Benedict says, if humility is truth, then a significant part of its practice must involve bringing out into the daylight of another's judgment whatever is hidden and therefore subject to delusion. And our Father speaks about the importance of sincerity, bringing out into the daylight of another's judgment, not the darkness of our own, the hidden darkness. Aspects of our self-love can be hidden in the deep recesses of our soul, and therefore subject to delusion. If we don't bring these things out, if we don't listen, well, we can end up on the wrong track. We can be barking up the wrong tree. We can have a completely distorted vision of reality and what I should be doing. Definitely for humanity to listen. What are the things that are being suggested to me? And maybe they're being suggested in a very calm, peaceful, sweet, gentle manner. But if we're humble, we have to catch the, catch the breeze, catch the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't matter what's being suggested to us. The important thing is that it's being suggested, that particular thing, so, okay, I'm available. I do this, I'll do that. Even if I don't feel like it, I'll accept that advice. I do this thing. Because that's what's being sent to me. I'll allow myself to be demanded in this particular area. We've come to give an unconditional self-surrender unconditional emptying ourselves though he was by nature God he did not consider being equal to God a thing to be clung to and there may be moments in our life when this action and this reaction becomes more important because there may be something deeper there some bit of surgery that needs to be done in our soul and so we come with a spirit of docility to let ourselves be molded. We could ask in the chat, well, look, is there something you think I should work on or something you think I should take a bit more seriously or something I'm not seeing or something that's being suggested to me that I haven't quite grasped the, its importance. So we let people tell us things clearly. Secret lutus in manu fecali, like clay in the hands of the potter. In the letter in 1975, Don Alvaro said, Let us seek only the glory of God. Deo omnis gloria. Let us live according to the constant lesson of the life of our Father. Mine is to hide and disappear. We hide and disappear in all sorts of ways. 
And sometimes an excessive rigidity can be a sign that, well, in that area we're not really hiding away and disappearing. It can be sort of an acid test. I refuse to change. I refuse to mellow in my opinions and the decisions I have made about what I will do, what I will not do. Let each one fulfill the work of God, he says. Spend themselves in service to the others, knowing themselves to be last. My sisters and brothers, I am writing this to you with all the love that our Father has taught me to have for you. Let us be very humble. Let us not forget that our Father has always forewarned us that the great enemy is hidden in pride self-love. I think that it is time to ask our Lord through the intercession of our Father to give us this grace, a holy hunger to disappear, to be the last, to obey with more finesse than ever. Yesterday was the first Sunday of St. Joseph. In this year of St. Joseph we have a chance to take a deeper look at St. Joseph. We have special graces to do so difficult to find any trace of self-love in the life of Joseph. Beautiful, lovable character. Our father has such great devotion to him. You could ask him in a special way these weeks and months to lead us to a deeper grasp of that self-love so we can do something about it. We can follow more in his example. His plans were always changing. Our Lord was always making demands on him. Go here, go there. Don't ask for this, don't ask for that, don't complain. Just follow the path, the signals that I give you. Always be available. Conquer your own plans. All the things that Joseph was asked to do, well, none of them were in his plans. He didn't plan to go to Bethlehem or to fly off to Egypt or to go here or to go there and have no place to stay. Well, these things were all outside of his plans. Yet he was there. And so, Uri Igne Sancti Spiritus, enkindling us the fire of your love. So we can see those aspects of our pride and want to do something about them. There was an architect in England once who constructed the first lighthouse in a place called Eddystone, close to Plymouth in the south of England in the year 1700. And on the lighthouse he had etched the words, Winstanley, the best architect in England. Well, soon afterwards a storm toppled the lighthouse into the sea. And so years of building, well, were washed away. And some years later, another architect constructed another lighthouse on that very same site. And he engraved on the stones the words of the psalm, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. And that lighthouse is still standing today. And so we have to allow the Lord to build the house. Our Father says in the Forge, what really makes a person or a whole sector of society unhappy is the anxiety-ridden, selfish search for well-being. 
that desire to get rid of whatever is upsetting. God may permit things in our life that are upsetting. Irritations. People, places, circumstances, events. And we might have the immediate reaction to want to get rid of that thing, but our Father has taught us that's the pathway to my holiness. That particular person, that particular irritation, that particular difficulty. I have to face that thing. I have to learn how to handle it. I have to conquer my own self-love in wanting to get rid of that thing, to get that obstacle out of my path. That acquaintance of yours, he says, very intelligent, well-off person, used to say, you have to do what the law says, but within limits. Doing what is strictly necessary without going too far. And he would add, you shouldn't sin, of course, but there's no need to give up everything. How sad it is to see people who are mean, said our father, calculating, incapable of making any sacrifice of giving themselves wholeheartedly to a noble ideal. Well, we may discover these sort of sentiments deep inside our heart and soul. We've given ourselves, yes. And possibly there are years and decades to prove that. But God is asking us for more. Unconditional dedication. A total self-emptying. Arising to the challenges. St. Paul says, charity endures all things. And sometimes that's what our Lord brings us to. A situation where he wants us to endure all things. Because that's what charity is. That's what love is. And God is love. And Christ is love. And our vocation is all about love. We're called to grow, to be the aristocrats of love. So that the love of God can flow through us and be seen by other people and be attracted. Other people can be attracted by it. He says in the furrow, if your selfishness leads you away from the ordinary desire for the holy and healthy well-being of mankind. If you count the cost. Or if you're not moved by the wretched material or moral condition of your neighbor. You force me to reproach you strongly so that you can do something about it. If you do not feel a holy fraternity with your fellow men and you live in the margin of the great Christian family, you're just a poor family. <clears throat> Often our Father's words are very challenging. They challenge us as a late stage of our life, at a mature stage of our life. So that we don't remain halfway along the road. We go the whole hog. We commit ourselves completely. God wants everything. That total self-emptying. You feel lonely. Everything annoys you. And you complain. That's because you're isolated from your sisters by your selfishness. And because you do not come closer to God. We could say, wow, well, I've given up this and I've given up that and I've done this and I've done that. I'm doing okay. But our Father encourages us to more, to be better. If you want to be more, be better. 
You fulfill a demanding plan of life. You rise early. You pray. You frequent the sacraments. You work or study a lot. You're sober and mortified. But you're aware that something is missing. Consider this in your conversation with God. Since holiness or the struggle to achieve it is the fullness of charity, you must look again at your love of God and your love of others for his sake. Then you may discover, hidden in your soul, great defects that you have not even been fighting against. You may not be a good daughter, a good sister, a good companion, a good friend, a good colleague. And if you love your holiness in a disordered manner, you are envious. You sacrifice yourself in many small personal details, and so you were attached to yourself, to your own person. Deep down, you do not live for God or for others, but only for yourself. Very demanding and challenging words. But words written for those of us who, well, who've been around for a while, who've put up with the heat of the day. So that our Father holds that goal of complete self-emptying before us. It's impossible to love God with perfection at the same time to let yourself be ruled by selfishness or by apathy and your dealings with your neighbor. Your charity must be adapted and tailored to the needs of others, not to yours. <clears throat> and so we could ask our Lord that we might rise to the challenge and St. Joseph with Our Lady to use these weeks as we prepare for March 19, renewing our fidelity and our dedication and this year that might be characterized by that deeper self-giving, that deeper yes to whatever it is that our Lord is asking of us. St. Joseph, may you obtain from Our Lady the grace for us to make this jump in quality that our Lord and our Father are asking from each one of us. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me during this meditation. I ask your help to put them into practice, my Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.